Good morning. I'm Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, I'm pleased to have my dear friend, uh, Mr. Peter Watts, back on our program. He's been on our program previously talking about uh, the projects that he is working on at Solutionize. And today we're going to talk about a very personal project uh, with him. Peter, welcome back to the program. And we really appreciate you interrupting your schedule to talk about uh, this project opioid, which I know is, is a personal crusade for you. Welcome back, Peter. Thanks very much, Terrell. Great to talk with you again. Thank you. You know, although you've been on our program before and, and folks can catch the podcast of your, your previous interview, it would be great for our new listeners if you could share with them a little bit about yourself and your background and, and of course, your company, Solutionize. Certainly, thank you. Uh, well, I, I grew up in London, as you could probably tell from my um, accent. I've lived in the U.S. nearly 40 years. Um, you asked me to talk about education. Um, a prominent memory of education was my math teacher at high school said, get into the computer industry before there was an industry. Um, 50 years later, uh, which was last September, um, I've, I've seen the world. I've built a number of different businesses uh, in services, information, web products, and I've had offices all around the world and I've seen the world and it's been, uh, been a great experience. Uh, I had the good fortune to sell a business to IBM uh, 20 years ago, connecting the uh, old world of computing to the web. And now I'm focused on helping people with uh, chronic conditions, uh, of which sadly there's 150 million people in the US with chronic conditions, which range from uh, substance use to um, long-term uh, illnesses um, that we're all very familiar with. So um, I, I've taken my experience of technology to apply it to do some good stuff, basically. Um, our, our company Solutionize, we build private networks. Uh, we apply them to communities to connect the communities that aren't connected. We help them grow. And we've got two um, networks that, that we're focused on today. One is to help bring in coalitions of uh, companies and organizations that help the needy, help the vulnerable. Um, and, and secondly, we have um, a product called Team Patient that builds a community around a patient in need to help them through their care journey. And that's been in the market five years. And uh, we've had a lot of successes in the area of helping people with their cancer journey, substance use, and other areas, including autism, where I know your, your daughter's involved. Wow, that you know, it's interesting that uh, my what my daughter decided to get involved in after she graduated from Penn State is right into the circle of services that your 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 company provides, and uh, we we should talk more about that because she she just joined a new company, and they're really taking on her ideas uh, about care. So, but let's let's talk about uh, Project Opioid. Why is what is Project Opioid, and why is it so important to you? Well, it's, it's one of the things that we do. It's a very important um, project. It, it's led by a very um, charismatic and passionate leader called Andre Bailey, based in Florida. Andre's done a lot of work with the homeless, the disadvantaged, with um, uh, recently with evictions to try and help people through the pandemic. And he recently turned his attention to the substance use disorder problem. And the reason was the 
substantial increase in overdoses that have occurred, particularly in places like Florida. But Florida is no exception. It's uh, nationwide. They've, uh, they've doubled their overdose death rate in the last 12 months. And uh, we saw when, when uh, Andre announced Project Opioid, uh, we were attracted to it because we've done a lot of work in substance use, uh, particularly in Indiana, where we've, um, we've got a number of networks that connect coalitions around the state for help in education, prevention, recovery, the frontline workers. So we, we've um, a good footprint in Indiana. And what Andre wants to do in Indiana is a perfect fit for us. And um, Andre and his team have got the right passion and the right goals and the right purpose and the right support in their community. Um, like uh, one of your heroes, Obama, um, Andre is a community builder and he's exceptionally good at it. And we were sort of drawn to that. Andre's team don't have the digital community experience we do, and we certainly don't have the subject matter experts he does. So, so we're really a perfect, perfect partnership. And you know, I've been through substance use problems in my family for uh, eight years. So, which I'm pleased to say my son got through to recovery successfully about a year ago. Over the last eight years, I've been dealing with it as a family member and uh, in my profession by day. So I felt I had a lot to contribute to Andre's project. And we've got a very clear vision of where it can go in the future. You know, I'm just looking at some statistics here about uh, the opioid deaths and oh boy I tell you over 760,000 people um, since 1999 have died from a drug overdose and opioid use was accounted for two-thirds of those so that's that's a very significant uh, number um, so so project o opioid um, I guess it's, it's about education as well, but it's also about support. Could you tell us a little bit more about the, the, the program? Certainly. Um, the, the mission is to slash overdose deaths, you know, very, very bottom line. Andre's a very bottom line guy. And um, the statistics are so severe that we have to make a dent on it. And if we look at um, the existing healthcare system and how it supports these issues. It's very siloed, uh, many not-for-profits, it's underfunded. Uh, if you compare it to medical health, it's um, apples and oranges, you know, it's a, it's, it's a very um, uh, underserved group that are helping an underserved community. So it's got sort of double, double whammy in a way. And the, the purpose of Project Opioid is, is multi-purpose. It's to um, unite the community and the, the the many stakeholders in care around substance use um, unite them around each individual so that each individual is carried through care with a blanket of support that they don't have today. And it's, um, it's education is a big component to eliminate stigma and to help families. So part of the reason I got involved was a family member is to help other families be prepared because you don't have a lot of time to um, react to substance use. It's, um, sort of a minute by minute problem. And if you make the wrong call, the outcomes can be you know, fatal. So it's, it's, um, it's a unique disease and it's a unique problem and it affects everybody uh, from 
wealthy lawyers and bankers to the underprivileged. So it's, um, it's across the board. So education is a key part. Community organizations are a key part. And uniting the community in a new way. So, for example, uh, criminal justice, um, with all the, the news about criminal justice in the last year, um, it's all vilified in some respects, but uh, criminal justice does a lot to help in substance use. A lot of the actions and decisions are um, trying to trap people in need and bring them into care quickly. Um, the system to support them isn't really there. There isn't um, a connected chain through from the first signs of substance abuse through to treatment and then recovery. So the, the, the project has is, is really got a very simple goal, uh, reduce overdose by big, big numbers and a very broad approach to it. And um, Andre is based in Seminole County, Orlando. And the goal of the project is to build a repeatable model in Orlando and take it nationally. And Andre works with about a thousand civic leaders around the country on his other projects like Homeless. And I'm sure his goal is to connect with them to bring this sort of community-based solution to, to the fore. And we're really perfect partners. Uh, we've got the digital, we know how to scale digital infrastructures. We've been doing it for 20 years. He knows how to scale community um, um, connections and, and make them work. And really while just yesterday, we learned uh, one of our big clients in Indiana, the Department of Mental Health, 26% reduction in budget this year and a 40% increase in suicides and a 30% increase in overdoses um, and about 60% increase in substance use from alcohol and drugs as a result of the pandemic, yet huge budget cuts. So I think what Project Opioid is doing is filling a number of big, big gaps and, and really helping... You know, mobilizing the people, weaponizing the people, really, um, to use a popular term, weaponize the people that can make a difference. So faith-based leaders, um, civic leaders, mayors can, can make a big difference. Families make a huge difference. And to this point, uh, families have been on the fringe of substance use. They've sort of been a recipient of the problem as opposed to you know, part of the solution. And part of what we're trying to do is to, to change that. You know, this speaks to a very important issue in regards to in regard to education and giving people information and tools to help them deal with the situation right within their home. Where how does solutionize with with this application with Project Opioid? How do you bring that information and those tools into uh, the the home of the families who are really as you might might want to say, you know, I don't know if they would, would be called first responders, but they're the ones who have the most immediate impact. Well, we've got a two-pronged approach to it, which we've sort of backed into this strategy, actually, like like all good strategies. You know, you have a, you have a vision and then you back into the strategy for it. Um, if we take Indiana as an example, we have, we have four networks in Indiana that, that connect different disparate groups that help substance use. So we have a, a group for education and prevention. So every every county has um, what they call local coordination councils. Their job is to go out to schools, to libraries and others to educate about the problems of addiction and, and possible help for it. So we built one network for that. We built another network for the recovery community organizations, which are generally not for profits. 
but they're really uh, they're key infrastructure groups, and there's about 100 of them in Indiana. Uh, so we, we built a network to bring those guys together and they share information and ideas and best practices. We have another network for um, the first responders called peer support professionals for them to talk and share ideas. And we have fourth network, um, which is for prioritization of people needing care. So it ensures that no one's left behind. And it was originally designed for pregnant women with addiction to get instant response. If uh, one treatment provider can't help them, they go onto a wait list that gets broadcasted around the state and the state force the providers to respond in a timely way so that there's no gap in care basically. So they're the four main systems uh, networks. Um, and, and we have an overlay, our team patient product, which helps connect everyone around each individual that's, that's uh, troubled in need of care or at risk. Um, that is where you bring the family in and where you bring the, um, the faith-based supporters, you bring the, their sponsors, their advocates, their friends, their family, um, provide this sort of circular care around the circle of care around the individual. And the combination of those networks are what we're, we bring to bear on Project Opioid and we're just currently planning what's the best mix, you know, how do you best help um, release from jail, release from emergency room, from overdose, uh, release from treatment center and give people a game plan. So the whole idea is to bring this, the, the sort of four networks, to use the best of those four networks in any community to bring together these disparate groups that help others and then surround each patient with team patient as a circle of care platform that the families can get involved in and get, get direct connections with anyone else in the network that can help them. And I think that the thing that is, is most interested me is the uniqueness of substance use uh, as, as a problem because uh, everyone gets hurt by it, not just the individual. And the individual is helpless generally, and they don't want to be there, but they're not willing, they're not willing patients you know, um, for, for many reasons. And um, in, in many respects, it's a responsive problem currently. People respond to the problem rather than proactive and get in front of it. And our tools help bring the people together to, to get in front of the problem, but very simply. So that's sort of the, the big picture of it. And so is... I know is this is probably a, a private community uh, in Indiana, but if, if someone wanted to see it in action to consider it for their community, um, first of all, how can they contact you? I know your, your website is solutionize.com, yes. um, but also um, uh, feel free to give them your number if you want them to give you a call. Sure. Um, no, I'd be delighted. Uh, 201 406 0938 and uh, we've got very we've got a lot of working examples to show you what we've done how it works why it works and the whole sort of strategy behind it so uh, it's very interesting that that community care has finally found its focus i think and, and the need and the pandemic really the pandemic brought to bear two problems Darrell. Uh, number one the need for remote work and zoom isn't work you know zoom's communication you still have to do work behind that. Um, in fact, Zoom creates more work than it solves <laughs> because you have to follow up every, every Zoom call with an hour's worth of work. Um, the other thing was remote care and telehealth was one example of it. 
but it's it's only one example. The the the, the need for people remotely to support an individual that's in in care is with us. Twenty everyone's got the need for remote care. Um, so team patient really is a remote care platform, and our other networks are remote work platforms and the combination of those two are really how we can help any leaders and I think we're, we're giving hope to groups like uh, mayors and, and others that to, to this point while they're supportive of change they're not really equipped to do it there's not really the, the tool sets or the, the methodology or the business model for it and we're bringing that to bear and one of the one of the key things we're doing with Project Opioid is focusing on the right business model to bring it to market because it's substantially underfunded. And it's a problem that gets supported by grants and grants are um, uh, not sustainable, really. They're, they're, not, they're not guaranteed, they get cut. And um, they're very, very, very specific as to their need. And this needs to be more general. So we're, we're working on some really interesting business model ideas for it. Ladies and we'd love to talk to anyone, thank you. Thanks for the Ladies plug. Gentlemen, we, are, we are here with Mr. Peter Watts, who's the co-founder and CEO of Solutionize. <clears throat> We're talking about some very important projects that he is working on, one of them, which is Project Opioid. And um, how long have you been affiliated with Project Opioid out of Florida? Since the fall, um, around October, they, they launched and we've, we have very close contact um, with them. They, they work with um, a lot of community leaders. So they work with the sheriff in Seminole County, who's um, a national voice actually on, on addiction and, and recovery. They work with the University of Central Florida. Uh, they work with a group called Career Source, which is um, the workforce development organization in Florida. Uh, workforce is a critical part of recovery in substance use. You know, there's, uh, there's four pillars of, in, in recovery, this SAMHSA defined four pillars of recovery. One is home, obvious, you need a home, need comfort. Um, second is health, and that's obvious because many people with addiction have got other underlying conditions like medical conditions, which my son, is how my son got into, got into being addicted. Um, community is the next part. Everyone needs community and, and to belong to a community of some form. But the key one is purpose, and, and job is a key part of purpose. And the difference when people get a job, the difference in them is astounding because they're loved. They've got some dignity. They've got some. They've got some responsibility. They've got accountability to get there on time, and um, they've got a desire to deliver and make up for lost time. So, workforce development is a key thing. So, what Project Opioids doing is helping bring together all of these sort of disparate parts into um, more of a continuum of care. It's a very unusual and very different than medical health. You know, when you, for, for example, oncology is simple. Uh, I, I don't think it's simple that the process of um, cancer care is, has been simplified. The, the process of substance use is not simplified. In fact, it's magnified because um, there's new drugs being introduced that are very dangerous. They get mixed um, and they have a more immediate impact on the, on the community. So it's actually a progressively difficult problem to fix. Isolation is causing worsening it with the pandemic so it's a very uh, it's a very un unlike the covid pandemic to the, the substance use pandemic which affects about 25 million people in just in the us um there's no cure for it so um there isn't a cure in sight so part of 
what Project Opioids doing and what we're trying to do is to help sort of create this infrastructure that um, of best practices that collectively can make a difference. So has this uh, portal of uh, best practices, has that been uh, established and launched for Project Opioid? And if so, how can people access it? No, we're, we're actually, um, Andre made a very brave decision recently and, and said that we should study the t 10 communities in, in the country um, with and determine best practices from that. Um, package the combination of digital solutions that we have um, to meet those needs and to really define the data needs because the, the, the data um, the data that's needed to, to address addiction is substantially different than medical data and clinical data, which to, to this point, clinical data sort of driven a lot of decisions, but there's many, there's many data points in addiction. So for example, how long does it take to get a job? How long are you waiting for treatment? And if that time's over five hours, you, you risk dying. So there's a lot of new metrics that we need to bring to bear. And Andre, Andre's team and our team have, have determined the next few months is sort of research um, to work out absolute best practices, define the absolute data problems and requirements that are needed. Then we'll bring that to bear into a packageable solution, probably by the fall. Mm -hmm. So we've got a launch of our strategy end of May and the, the, the probably unveiling of the solution in the fall. And we've got other demonstrable project points. One, one very interesting place to look is called Indiana Recovery Network.org, which is for, uh, we've, we've been working for three years on, on this with the Indiana Addiction Issues Coalition which is similar to Andre's organization. It's a, it's a care coalition of many, many people. And it's a growing hub in the state. And anybody in, in need can go there and get help instantly. And, and it's uh, sort of a trickle down approach. If you, you as a family member have got a child or a loved one that's got addiction problems, um, you can go to indianarecoverynetwork.com.org, get connected to a peer, which is a frontline worker, They'll connect you to the recovery hub in your region and they'll just sort of wrap you in care and step you through that process it's very efficiently. And it started off as a simple sort of um, community platform and it's turned into a strategic hub in three years. So that's a great example of the type of work that we do. Very nice. And, and so I, I guess you, you do envision that, I mean, each state has their set of issues around uh, the opioid crisis. Um, I guess you, your vision includes for you to connect, if you had all 50, to connect all 50 so that you get this uh, national uh, overview of issues and, and, and how people are dealing with them and sharing that information. Um, how, you know, what is your strategy to try to achieve that overarching strategy? Yeah, great, great question, Doyle. Um, you know, we've, we've built some big global networks. So we've, we've been building networks for about 20 years. Um, we started in the tech industry, as you know. We built networks for IBM's customers and Microsoft's customers around the world and their business partners. So, you know, we end up with networks of networks. So you have sort of national networks and connect them into an international global network. Um, our strategy here is to work with coalitions ar around the country. So, for example, in... Um, 
that one of the networks in Indiana we run called the Indiana Co Coalition Network, which is for education and prevention. They're part of a national drug-free community strategy, which is a big federally funded initiative. And we're way ahead of what the other drug-free communities are doing. So what the, um, the head of the Indiana Coalition Network is presenting at a big national forum um, next month to, to show the work that they've done. So we, our strategy is really to work with the coalitions, the subject matter experts in their fields. Um, we run another network for Mental Health America. Now they operate in about 33, 35 states. I think they're the biggest and oldest mental health organization in the country. And we've got a very good footprint with them in Indiana. So our strategy includes working with them to uh, look at a national rollout. Uh, but we have to do it in partnership with the, with the stakeholders. That's our whole strategy. You'd ask me about leadership strategies and, and one of them's find the right partners, you know, always. It's the quickest way to go and um, you have to admit your own strengths and weaknesses and work with those that have got that strength and the need. So work with the underserved, the, the, the key stakeholders. That's really our strategy to achieve that. And that is our vision long-term. It's um, really glad you asked it. You've got a really good memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, um, I, I think I still have those drawings that when we used to <laughs> get on the whiteboard at Seton Hall University, you know, about that. Um, so so what, what's next for Solutionize? If you look at your next six to 12 months, um, what, what are your, your, your key action points uh, for, for Project Opioid? And I guess in, in your other important uh, projects that you have. So in, in Project Opioid, uh, it's to, to create this blueprint that's repeatable and, and we'll have that by the fall. So within six months. Um, in our other areas, um, we have a big focus on, uh, you know, currently the, the groups that we work with help people with addiction problems. Um, there's a pre-addiction problem and, and it's uh, when people are busted by the police for drug possession, it's usually a lead indicator that if it happens more than once, it's not a coincidence. So we're, we're looking at trying to capture people at risk. So one of the, with a number of our networks, we're, we're working on trying to expand the use of our team patient product for people at risk. So, so even at schools, you know, if someone at schools identified as a, a potential risk, people that go to court regulate a potential risk, capture them in a, in a system before they get too far and offer them alternatives. And it's sort of the way the criminal justice system is trying to work, you know, um, to um, get people into a care program rather than jail. We want to try and bring that forward even a little bit more so that um, anyone that's identified at risk by friends, family, schools or others, um, get them into team patient, into a system of care, find a navigator, often a family member or a, a civic leader or a community faith-based person to sort of keep them connected because the thing that um, we found most people in need are usually isolated and you have to eliminate that isolation or at least let them know that there's, there's available care. I was talking to my son about it last night. I said, have we connected you with team patient earlier in the cycle and put you into a program of medically assisted treatment like Suboxone or something? Would it have made a difference? Undoubtedly, yes. So, so what we're trying to do is to bring forward capturing people in need and uh, as another step towards reducing the, you know, the ultimate addiction problem that we have. 
Well, Peter, believe it or not, we are out of time, but I really want to, to thank you for coming on this program to talk about a very personal issue that you've dealt with in regards to your family with, with opioid addiction, but also the solution that Solutionize is, is bringing to the table. We are here with Mr. <clears throat> Peter Watts, the founder and CEO of Solutionize. Peter, thanks again for, for coming on the program. And we look forward to having you back on to talk about the launch of your various different portals. Thank you very much indeed, Daryl. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate all the work that you do too. Thanks very much. Great well, to see you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this wraps up this week on Leadership with Darrell Gunter on WSOU 89.5 and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. And, and please note that Peter has been a repeat guest to talk about Team Patient and other things that Solutionize, which you can find this show and all other shows on iTunes under Seton Hall University and look for Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter. I want to wish everyone to have a great weekend, but remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net.